Welcome back to the show, or just welcome to the show. My name is Steph the Educator, and this is the Essential Pedagogy Podcast. I am so happy to be back. I've been um, away for a little bit, did a little traveling and everything, but I'm back in stride again because there's so much to talk about. Today's topic Oh, before I get to today's topic, I want to talk to you about a little bit about essential pedagogy, the name, essential pedagogy. Everybody knows what essential is because of the pandemic. That's one um, reason why I chose the name essential. I wanted essential educator, but it was already used, being used and taken and stuff like that. And I didn't want to infringe on anyone. So pedagogy is the study and art of teaching in educating. So I came up with the idea of this podcast because over um, in the, 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 the stronghold of the pandemic, <clears throat> I really realized how valuable the information I held as far as being a teacher I never thought I was as valuable to the uh, to society as I was. Yeah, you get people to thank you. Oh, thank you for what you do and and things like that. But when I saw parents struggle with their children um, with at home learning uh, and struggling with the lingo, the the jargon that we use in education, um, and just details that we think are minor and it's really a big deal because people just don't know so i've created this podcast so that everybody can be educated insiders and outsiders of the american um, public uh, education system especially texas because that's where we are um speaking of texas we didn't got winter all over the place uh here lately we got a little cold snap and that's why I'm in my little turtleneck um, but I want to talk to you about some things because uh, the title is what it is and what it ain't uh, I want to talk to you about Texas law and education I want to talk to you about uh, PTA which stands for parent teacher association um, I want to talk to you about some things about what I love about my job and what I don't uh, so let's get started. Um, I talked about last time when we talked about education and along, we talked about how uh, there were plenty of lawsuits going on where um, the there were lots of school districts suing Texas Education Agency because of the new... Um, rating systems that were coming and uh, what had that has been very successful because because of those lawsuits um, it was judged that things are going to be postponed about the new um, ratings until at least February I think they're going to relook at it uh, they've suspended um, putting out ratings first of all for some difficulties and then second of all 
um, a Texas judge said that it was uh, not legal to do the way they wanted to do it. And so here we go. We just uh, keep on teaching. That's what we do. We keep on teaching. Um, so that is what has happened. So this is going to be probably judged on in February. So that's an important time because not only uh, in February, people start, um, well, they the people file their taxes and things like that, but they start getting like uh, and appraisals for their homes or um, understanding what they're what they're going to be taxed on for their uh, homes and things like that and starting to get ready to get their taxes totally complete. And so that judgment is going to come whether those new ratings come down. Um, it's going to come in a time where people are going to be looking at taxes for their homes and how their homes are appraised and, and home values. And why I say that it affects home values is because schools, people want to live in good school districts because the majority of Mer Americans who have school children, um, they want to move into the neighborhoods that have good schools. And if the ratings are great, that's the only thing they go by, uh, ratings. If their ratings are great, then their home values are going to go up in that area. So um, Texas-wide, this is expected for ratings to kind of go down. Uh, some, uh, of course, we are in education are striving to uh, mitigate some of that um, gap, but there will be some gaps if, you know, the new ratings come down the way they're coming down. Other things in law is there's new homestead um, things is coming down on this new bill, um, this new voting season. So guys, go vote. Um, please vote, 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 because um, homestead is uh, on the ballot for going up from forty thousand dollars to one hundred thousand dollars, which is a great thing. Um, another thing uh, that's on the ballot is teacher retirement, please, y'all, <sighs> please. You know how some people get raises, be, you know, um, according to uh, inflation <laughs> and, um, you know, people who work for certain entities and Social Security gets raises when interest rates go up, you know, Social Security checks go up. There's a lot of things. Hi. Hi, Robin. Um, there's a lot of things that happen, but we have to actually vote for teachers retirement um, to get raises. Uh, so this is the time to do it because it's on the ballot this time. And please, please, please vote for and read carefully your ballots, guys, because um, the thing that I want to teach my kids the most, my students, I hate to call children kids, but my students the most is to be independent thinkers, is to be a thinker. Think through what words are saying to you. So when we vote, um, sometimes things can be worded in such a way 
So I just want you to know that that is on the ballot. And I can't remember what number it is, but it's on the ballot and it's not high up on the ballot. So guys, look for it. It is regarding teacher retirement. If you like a teacher, I'm not even saying if you love a teacher, but if you like a teacher a little bit, if you had a favorite teacher somewhere in your life, which most of us have, um, please vote for um, teachers to get an increase on their retirement. Please do. Most teachers work more than 30 years in order to survive in that one season that they think they're going to be in. And sometimes they live a lot longer than that one season of, of life as far as what their bills and things are um, calculating um, at the time. So when things go dramatically, um, when, when things increase dramatically, um, when you're on a fixed income, it is really tough. Now, um, I'm not going to choose to to work 30 and 40 years in education because I, I want to um, live to see one check or two <laughs> or more. Um, so I'm going to choose to work and and be retired. And that's OK, because I feel like when you stop moving, then those limbs stop working. So I'm going to always work. OK. All right. So, um, so that's on the ballot. Um, and we need to vote and early voting is our, has already started. So you can early vote, please y'all just because there's not a, um, a, a, um, president on the, on the ballot, please y'all please vote, please. Pretty, pretty please. Anyway, um, gonna lay that to rest. Parent Teacher Association. So I'm going to eat a little popcorn because I lunch is at like 11.25 and I haven't had dinner. Anyway, yay, vote, vote, vote. Parent Teacher Association. Parent Teacher Association is the oldest American child advocacy association in America. Okay, so they advocate for children. They partner with teachers and other other educators to make a better learning environment for children. It is a nonprofit. And as we know, we have to fundraise, we have to raise money, we have to try to earn money or run things through dues and, and memberships and donations and volunteerism. And so since and I don't know if I've talked about this on this show before about gross uh, domestic product and gross national product and things like that. Since education does not uh, contribute directly to our gross national product, we tend to not make a priority of our nonprofits 
and especially in education. Um, education is not supposed to be for profit. And so um, there are um, entities that do profit off of education, but it's not supposed to that core, the core uh, uh, value system of it all is to, to create a thriving society that will soon take care of us as we age. I think about that every single day. How are we going to, um, or how am I going to um, reflect the light that's in me to help someone else thrive? That is what I, I think about every day. So PTA is a, an association where parents and teachers and other educators partner with one another for the benefit of children in public school. Now, it does things like um, help sponsor programs, help with uh, school supplies, um, help raise money for the overall school for the benefit of all children. And uh, teacher uh, parents are a lot of times involved in the day-to-day -day things that happens in the schools. When you're part of PTA, uh, a lot of times the, the parents are asked to help out with um, things that, you know, they offer to help things with teachers that may be copying, um, um, making photocopies of, of, of uh, worksheets or learning material or tools. They are sometimes asked to um, help out in the cafeteria, especially in elementary, things like that. Um, you know, sometimes they do fundraising like popcorn sales and things like, you know, just a lot of different things. What I have found is that sometimes some parents could try to use um, PTA as a way to distinguish yourself and your child to garner preferential treatment and... Um, Uh, that concerns me. I know we try it. We try it. But I'm not the one or the two. And I will say this. Although I am a lifelong PTA member, I've been on PTA boards for my children's school and I never made demands on any of their teachers or never... Um, made it clear that I was on the board when I spoke to uh, the board or the, um, or just a uh, parent teacher, uh, PTA member. Okay. I never put that out there in an email, never put it out there in, in anything, you know, uh, and it, 
it amazes me how many times I've heard people say when you when you ask for things like tissue, facial tissue, um, Clorox wipes, glue. <laughs> Um, it, it, it amazes me how they say, well, you know, um, then my child should be doing real good then because I gave you that Lysol. <laughs> we not, we not trading grades for Lysol nor facial tissue. That's not what that is. It's, that's not what PTA is. And so it, it concerns me about the mindset about, you know, what grades are about, like what, what that means. And we really, I see the pendulum going this way and it, has, it hasn't been this way in a while, but I feel like it's going to swing way, 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 way over to this side. So since the pandemic Grades haven't been as important as far as um, expressing what a kid actually masters, but it should so that you can understand what your child knows and do not know because majority of parents don't know what their child has mastered. Majority of parents don't know the standards. Majority of parents will, especially in Texas, for some reason, um, the Texans listen to Florida. And Florida says that nobody's been teaching their kids um, uh, about finance. But finance is in the national standards. And that's how individual states make their local standards. So finance is absolutely taught in school. What finance need to be is reiterated at home so that the students won't, will look at it as second nature. I'll say that. <laughs> yep, Texas and Florida, Republican states. So we just have sometimes a... Uh, A, a lens that is not always clear. And with that being said, if you want higher standards, which is already, is, I'm circling back to the Texas law because these ratings are demanding higher standards. Don't have a problem with it. Want it so bad. I want it for your child. Every time I send out surveys, to my parents, they come back with parents indicating they want their children to be more timely, to, to also uh, have good study habits and to develop um, a sense of urgency. <laughs> and we do this when we send homework home, which isn't a lot. When we send homework home, we get an email saying, well, are you going to stay after school with them to get this done? It's homework, ma'am. Home. <laughs>
we're trying to help them learn how to manage their time, how to um, develop study habits, and how to turn in things in a timely manner. And when you're developing these skills, sometimes you don't always, or students don't always hit the mark, but that's part of the learning process. And it's not anybody's fault, it's just the learning process. So when things happen, when there's higher standards, there's going to be growing pains. They may, there may be tears. There's going to be frustration. When, and this is going to happen, it used to be, because I've been in education 20 years, it used to be the big push was make sure the if your grades are going to be what they are, they must be attached to mastery. Your A's must be mastery. Your B's must be. Um, um, you know, adequate process progress. Um, your C's must be like approaching or something like that. So, if I won't say if, when this happens, there's going to be a lot of people hurting because it hasn't been this way because we've been very gentle, we've been very um, soft with um, uh, acknowledging, because it's not an imagination, acknowledging uh, uh, mental health concerns and emotions, um, things like that. We've been very soft, but it is coming. A time is coming where that is going to not be at the forefront because we see numbers current numbers and numbers within the last five years of SAT scores that's falling more and more every year. We are seeing achievement fall, and this is across the board, not just in DISD um, and other districts that have uh, challenges that other, you know, some of the suburban districts don't have as much of, it is going to be, it's a, it is across the board because SATs are not taken just by struggling students. It's taken by everybody. It used to be whoever paid for this test. Now the districts are paying for these tests. And so what we have come up against is since now that everybody is taking these tests and we are seeing this trend, a uh, downward trend of achievement, the pendulum is going to move in the direction of we're going to have higher standards. And with that, the accountability goes up. And remember the show when I told you about uh, the lawless? <laughs> so accountability goes up on the school districts the schools individually, the teachers. And now it's going to be on the kids. However, who's going to suffer about this is ran, ran, ran. You're going to get from teach uh, from from parents. My kid is crying and they're trying the hardest they can. And they are still 
failing and I don't want my kids making a this or that. And I feel like they should, you're being too hard on them. In order to have high achievement, you have to have high expectations. And so there's going to be growing pains. I'm just putting it out there, expect it. If you have a first grader, if you have a, shoot, a, a third, fourth, fifth grader, just know this is coming down. And school has not, it's been unprecedentedly, um, just not as rigorous. And we see it, um, and some of it is from the pandemic. They lost a lot of ground during the pandemic. It's nobody's fault. It's just what we're dealing with. And so when you don't have um, that kind of achievement, you have that kind of achievement gap, then you just have to roll up your sleeve and everybody's going to be crying. The teachers is going to be crying and wishing things would be different. Child is crying, wishing things would be different. Parents crying, wishing things would be different. So if we have a mutual respect for one another, we can do it. We can create a society or, or continue to feed a society where we can depend on the younger generations to to run things in an appropriate manner and to um, uh, contribute, contribute to a sustainable society. Now, we have to have cooperation. We have to have mutual respect. We have to have compassion towards one another. And so I'm just saying this because um, I, I feel like it's going to be some, it's just going to be some tension, but neither here nor there. We still have educators that are very passionate about what they do and very, um, golly, uh, um, creative, creative in, in handling and solving challenges, right? Um, so that leads me to what I love about my job. I love that my job keeps me on my toes about solving problems, everyday problems, um, logistic problems, uh, just how, how am I going to deal with my day without <laughs> going nuts, y'all? It really is tough. Like um, what my job isn't is easy it ain't easy i have to be at work that's what they say at work at 7 30 but if i show up at 7 30 and these the students not everybody have, can show up at 7 30 because students are outside the building six fifty <laughs> somebody gotta watch the kids somebody's gotta Make sure they come in the cafeteria and eat breakfast. And then class starts, right? So that's not always, uh, the, the day starts early. Teachers are working 
well before uh, Walmart opens now. Well, maybe they open early now. It used to be 24-hour Walmart. Do we have those anymore? I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so it's not easy. I have to get up at the crack of dawn <laughs> to be ready. And what I love about my job is that I have an opportunity to think through everyday situations. Say, for instance, I, in order to solve a safety issue, which some of the kids don't wear their identification to school, which is a safety issue, which um, pricks my heart, uh, they... I have to have a system in place where they can quickly and easily get a temporary ID, little sticker that they write their name, ID number on their sticker and put it on their shirt and all this kind of stuff. Um, I like that about my job. Sometimes the things that I don't like about my job is I feel claustrophobic. I, I want a a hybrid teaching job. I really do. I, I do. I want to go in and see the kids and students and interact with them three days a week and two days a week. I want to do virtual. That's what I want. Because five days a week and as soon as you get to your door to open the door and, and, and there's like 26 kids hovering around you trying to get into the door pulling on the door before you even get to take your key out the thing. Y'all. I barely had a cup of coffee. <laughs> and the children are like hovering. I just, it can be a little much every morning. <laughs> No, I, I don't have a hybrid option. It used to be when pandemic people were sick, the hybrid option was you were always in the classroom, but kids got to stay at home and you were on virtual on video with them. And then the kids were looking at you live, the ones that were in the classroom. That's what they called hybrid. I'm talking about I want to sit my butt at home in front of my computer, greet my students virtually for two days a week. And then the other days I can come in and see you and give you the hug or whatever, give you the band-aid, write the nurse pass. All of these things help you find your lunchbox. What happened to your paper? Why you didn't put your name on? I, there's just so many things that 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 we get inundated to where I'm just wanting to uh, drive home in silence every day. So I just wish it was like that. So I, I don't love that part of my job, but I do love um, solving some problems. I love the fact that the children keep me young and I understand what I ate that outfit means. <laughs> Y'all, anybody know what ate that outfit means? Or you ate that hairstyle? Um I think I learned what that meant maybe two months ago. And that means, a, I guess in our lingo back in the day was you were live or uh, you, you, it, it, you mm. 
it's popping or it's great. Your outfit was great. So when you ate that outfit, Miss Pal, I, like I get to know what this lingo is. <laughs> um, yes, I do sit in my car for a while before going in the house, but. I now have a peaceful home because my kids are grown up. So I don't sit as long as I used to. I used to sit in the garage and be like, hmm, I don't want to cook. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit here. <laughs> now my, 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 my home is as quiet as, as my car. So it, I don't linger as much. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, uh, education is a lot, y'all. And I just want you guys to know that and understand that we all are doing the best that we can and we want our children to, to achieve in the hearts of most educators out there is for your child to do well. Sometimes it doesn't always come out the way we desire it. Sometimes we get a little too passionate because we see all the numbers and we see all the goals and the kids don't and the parents don't always see these numbers and, and all the things that we hear and the reports and, and the reports that we have to make uh, and the deadlines we have to make with all the grade cards and things like that. Please. Handle us with care and be compassionate. And I pray the same. I pray for compassion for my students. I pray for compassion for their parents. I try to remember that everybody's human. And I try to let my students know that I'm human every day. I pray in my classroom and you may not be, you may not be a praying person, but I pray and I get on my knees before my students so they can see that I answer to a, a higher authority. So uh, I just want to leave today, today's podcast by saying, please vote. Please, Texas, go out there and vote that retired teachers, and I'm not a retired teacher yet, but that they get raises. I know what I'm going to retire with, and it's not going to be sufficient. It's not sufficient now. OK, it won't be sufficient when I retire. So, you know, that the ones that retired 10, 20 years ago. It's not sufficient now, especially think about your grocery bills, think about gas, think about all these things that have gone up and, and the educators have have put in blood, sweat and tears into your children. So remember that and, and go out and vote. And um, help make the future better. And that's all I have today. Thank you guys for listening. And I'll see you guys in two weeks.